0: Greetings, you are now dialed in, please adjust your frequencies as we delve into conversations about unseen narratives, the beautiful struggle, and the transitions of thought into substance. Welcome to where nothingness ascends into value, you are now tuned into. What's up, everyone? Uh, So there's going to be a little bit of a special introduction to this episode. So if you can just tune in for the next couple minutes, we're about to hear a traditional drum song from my buddy Aaron Pierre here, performed by him and his children, Chloe and Owen. That was beautiful, guys.
1: Thank you. Thank <laughs>
0: you. So, for everybody listening, uh, first of all, good morning, good evening, good good afternoon. Welcome to the Before Zero podcast. Uh, joining me for today is my longtime friend Aaron Pierre and his two kids, Chloe and Owen. And what we just heard—actually, I'll let Aaron introduce himself and tell us a little bit. Bu- uh, tell us a little bit about what we just heard.
2: Okay, sure. So, uh, when, when we're introducing ourselves and greeting someone, um, you want to say Bojo, and that's how you create an energy, um, and a connection with them. So Bojo, uh, my English name is Aaron Pierre. Um, my spirit name is flying turtle, red tail hawk warrior from the Kingfisher clan. Uh, my family comes from long lack and thunder bay in ontario but i was born and raised in winnipeg
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh we currently live in la prairie manitoba mm-hmm. and yeah like you said i have my son owen and my daughter chloe and uh, what we sang was the bear song and um i can't translate the words um that were uh, spoken in there but um that's the the teaching that the bear does one of the seven teachings is the bear teaches courage. Um, so that's just how we wanted to start our, um, our segment with you, um, <laughs> so that we have courage to, you know, present ourselves and put ourselves out there because, uh, you know, public speaking is not for everybody, but my, <laughs> my kids are learning that young yeah, how to be in the public eye and, uh, overcome their fears i guess yeah and
0: and you know what uh i really resonate with that like first of all thank you guys so much for uh blessing the introduction of this podcast with that song and uh i actually you, you know i didn't know ahead of time like what the song was going to be about but like now the fact that like you sort of um you know uh blessed the intro with this the bear song about courage and talking about what that's going to mean what that means for you and when your kids uh it also resonates with me because of me you know also trying to find the courage to like learn how to publicly speak as well i mean this is still this is only episode two for me like i'm still getting used to the process i'm still getting used to like you know, putting myself more out there as a person, uh, more than a musician or artist. And so I, again, thank you for that experience. I, you know, um,
2: <laughs> and that was really interesting, man. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks. And you know, we're, um, uh, we're happy to be here. We're honored that you asked us to, uh, to be your guests on here. And, uh, I'm excited, you know, who it, uh, It's a new experience, I think, for the kids. And they might hear some different stories or maybe some (laughs) old stories that I've already told them. (laughs) Yep. Um,
0: So a little bit about myself and Aaron. Actually, me and Aaron go all the way back to our high school days. Uh, We first met in high school, grade seven. Uh, And uh, interesting thing, uh, I was the... Shortest kid in class. I think I was the shortest kid in class. I think there was only one other kid uh, that was like maybe an inch or two shorter than me. Um, And and I know you know who I'm talking about. That's why you're laughing. Um, (laughs) um, And Aaron uh, was the tallest guy, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there was nobody that came close um, um, in high school. So that like, you know, I was a pretty to myself kind of guy in high school. And but I gravitated towards Aaron early on. Uh, and so, pretty much throughout most of junior high, uh, and a little bit into high school, uh, until you left and was a grade ten, uh, grade eleven. I was there for grade up to grade eleven. Yeah, grade eleven,
2: yeah. Up to
0: grade twelve. Right, and so up until then, we were pretty like here, pretty, We were pretty much inseparable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you want to tell everybody about like uh, our little uh, nickname gag that we had going on?
2: Uh, um so yeah you touched on uh you touched on our on our heights or lack thereof and <laughs> um so yeah just it just kind of naturally came out that uh i was i would call you Smally, and then you returned it and called me Tolly. yep <laughs> and uh yeah like that's uh one of the many nicknames that i had through high school and just uh you know, almost like thinking back to it now, it's almost like that, uh, like my spirit name that I had introduced myself with, that name that carried me, the name that carries me is Flying Turtle. Mm-hmm. And the name that carried me through high school and with my friends and with you, Danilo, um, as we're growing up and whatnot, is that name Smalley and Tully. That kind of brought us together. Like you said, that carried us through our friendship and and the four years that we were in school together. Yeah, four, four years, years I
1: guess
2: maybe.
0: yeah um there was there was one other nickname and I'm pretty sure you know which one
2: this is but the boys always called you big wheel uh, <laughs> yes yeah that's uh that came about through uh Shakespeare I think in English class
0: okay you got to re-explain the story because I can't remember it very well all I know is that yeah. the name stuck
2: yeah so the our English teacher at the time you know we were uh we're going through the Shakespeare section. And one of the terms that, uh, that was used back in the day for a male who will say got along with the ladies or the, or the girls, um, it was called a big wheel. And uh, Somehow for some reason <laughs> that name got stuck to me, <laughs> um, which actually that's a funny story that you said that because, um, that's something I've been speaking with Owen about, (laughs) um, about uh, how to be a big wheel. Basically that that's been, um, and I had to ask my older sister for this, uh, for confirmation on this. (laughs) And she said that pretty much since grade two, she's seen, um, seen the girls chasing me around the the yard, like the, at recess, Uh always girls trying to chase me or kiss me or hug me or whatever. (laughs) And, uh, Owen's Owen thinks in grade five that he's too young and I just told him, you know what? I've been doing this since I was in grade two. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of funny that, you know, that name, like there's actually a name put to it in high school. But,
0: you know, yeah. it, it's funny because um, despite our uh, well, I mean, our, the only real difference you and I really have is our height. <laughs> but um, it, at least we had that in common. Uh, I feel like for as long as I was in, like, I don't know, grade seven or eight. Um, throughout most of high school, I had like a girlfriend and I mean, you know, we can laugh about it cause it's all high school romance and it's whatever. Right. But I mean, yeah. I think you we were both in the same boat, always had girl problems, always dealing with that stuff. Yeah, I know you can remember for me time to time and time it'd be like, yo, Aaron, I'm with this girl now. And then I get my heart broken and then yo, Aaron, I'm with this girl now. And then, anyway. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, well, we, uh, we got through that phase, I guess, <laughs>
0: yeah but you know it's uh really interesting just thinking about um so for anybody that doesn't actually nobody would know but like uh, me and aaron attended a uh private uh catholic high school so a lot of um a lot of things that happened there were uh there was a lot of like catholicism based curriculum. At least, well, actually, well, the main was was religion. You literally needed religion to grad. You needed to pass religion to graduate, right? Yeah. Um, And they didn't. They didn't force it down, you know, our throats or anything like that. And uh, I mean, you know, we had masses and everything like that as part of the curriculum as well. But if you didn't want to attend it, you didn't have to. Like, you didn't have to go to confession if you didn't want to. But they did. You know, require that you learn about. Catholicism, the Bible, take the courses required, that sort of thing, right? But uh, it was really interesting because, you know, um, that's sort of what we grew up with. Uh, like, like kind of sort of being, I don't want to say indoctrinated, but I mean, you know, we that was the atmosphere we grew up with, right? Yeah. So, but fast forward to today, and um, I'm sure we have very different views on you know, kind of what our spirituality was back then as to right now. Do you kinda of want to share a little bit about how um spirituality and faith and things like that have changed for you
2: over the years and what um what you follow and the sort of that sort of thing? Sure. So um uh this will go back to my introduction and my spirit name and the, the clan that uh that I'm from. Um so well this kind of, it's going to have to go back even before that. Um, All right, I see way back. Yeah. So I touched on, um, language and how I don't know the translation for the bear song. And, um, uh, the reason I don't know that is because my, uh, my paternal grandmother attended residential school and, uh, through her experience, she lost the language. Mm. And so, um, when her and my grandpa and he also, he attended day school, which was uh, slightly different, but uh, it's the same, but different. Um, but so they both lost their language. And so when they started ha- having kids, they didn't have the language um, to pass on. So, um, and the languages would be Cree and Ojibwe. Um, so, uh, but the the larger picture of the Korean Ojibwe, the larger, um, uh, group would be called Anishinaabe. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's another term that, uh, that our people use to describe them, themselves, but, you know, um, I'm getting off topic here. <laughs> no,
1: <it's laughs> there's, okay. just, there's,
2: there's so much to, to, to answer that question about culture and religion. So mm-hmm. um, I, uh, going along the lines of my, my dad, not knowing the language, he didn't start following this way of life, which is called, or some some people call it the red road. He didn't do this until he was in his late twenties, oh, when okay. he was in university, and uh, you know he's one of the first people in our family to go to university. Um, but yes, he um, he attended a at the time it, it was they I think they used the word Indian, um, but he took. He took an aboriginal course and uh, that got us, that that got him on on track to follow the red road. So -hmm. at the time I was probably seven, six or seven when uh, I had first attended uh, a ceremony, a sweat lodge ceremony. Um, And then-
0: uh, I'm sorry to to interrupt here. Uh, If you you want to quickly, you know, for anybody that doesn't know like what a sweat lodge ceremony is.
2: Sure. So a sweat lodge ceremony is, um, uh, so sweat is just, um, that's just a short version of saying it or like, um, because the language is, um, uh, it's action-based. So, uh, and whereas English is verb based, mm. right? So, um, the way the, the way the word sweat lodge is translated is, is, is actually um, the place to go to be humbled. Ah, okay. So that's the translation. That's something that I've learned over the years. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I can't remember what the word is in the language, but the translation is it's a place to go to be humbled, but um, it's a group ceremony. It in, it involves um, being inside a round uh like a dome lodge is what it's called a lodge and um uh, it's dark in there it's hot there's uh rocks that you know we call the grandmothers and grandfathers they're they're brought up to a temperature in a fire they're brought inside the lodge and then that's where um you get healing done uh you can get your spirit name in there there's singing uh, laughing, sharing, crying—that's the mm. place to go to. Just be back in um, in the womb. It's a place to go to be in the womb of Mother Earth and oh. the womb of your mother. Uh, it gets very warm in there, very hot for some people. Um, but yeah, so that's the—that's a short version of what a sweat lodge is. But the the translation there kind of tells you um, something about how you're going to feel. Mm. oh yeah you said that this was like the first experience you had
0: when you were around six or seven and you went to a sweat lodge
2: yes um and then uh from there like that's something we did i you know at the time i didn't pay attention if it was once once a month or every weekend but you know a couple times throughout the year we'd go um about 45 minutes um east of winnipeg uh for ceremony um but then fast forward to when, when we knew each other, that's something that um, wasn't encouraged to talk about at that time, you know, in the, in the nineties, in the two thousands, like that's um, there wasn't that cultural or uh, that the awareness wasn't there. So that's something that I kept private. I kept to myself. And then um, like even learning about, Residential school and the effects of that, that didn't come about until I was an adult. Mm. Um, But it's sharing, sharing um, my culture and heritage at the school was not really encouraged. And so at the at the time, it just it's just something that I did on my own. Uh, I think there was only one other. Person who identified as being First Nations um, in that school. Other right. than myself and my brother and sister. Yeah, and she wasn't there um, for that long. <laughs> yeah, so uh, fun fact, though, uh, she actually goes to the same ceremony. She's in the in the same community that we would go to for Sundance eventually. Oh. So I reconnected with her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's really
0: interesting how that comes all full, full circle. But like, yeah, I, uh, and not that, I, thinking back to when we were, you know that young there weren't very, very many as you said um opportunities for you know other forms of spirituality to sort of be integrated into where we went and i mean of course it's kind of like by nature of the school um and I, I i don't i don't think they discouraged it but like you said there wasn't any encouraging of that sort of integration you know what right. i mean Um, I mean, for example, like, you know, there were people who, like, believed, who weren't, like, who attended the school who weren't Catholic, uh, but they were very attentive during a religion. They understood, like, where, like, where the faith and the religion came from. Um, We even had a couple days where they encouraged like, you know, cultural days where people would bring, like, you know, food from their culture. I'm not sure if you remember that, but, like, <laughs> um, yeah, like, this is where I got my first taste of curry, and, like, it was, like, the spiciest thing I've ever had, right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it was it was very interesting that, like, yeah, we we both kind of, like, grew up in those sort of, like, surroundings, and in, in, in what you would, like, it's a very formative time of your identity, like, at that, when you're that young, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, sorry, just wanted to just chime in there. Didn't mean to interrupt you there, but, uh, yeah, yeah. You want to go on and kind of continue talking about what, uh, your experience in high school was with that.
2: Well, you, you touched on, uh, actually a sensitive subject there about the cultural days. Um, there was one that, um, I came in my, I came to school in my, um, my ribbon shirt which is. That's our fancy dress clothing. It's our way of like presenting ourselves and acknowledging our family colors, our, Mm. our uh, relatives, our, just everything about ourselves can be represented in the ribbon shirts that you wear. And it can be, it can have uh, the colors of the, of the medicine wheel, um, your own personal colors, your family colors parts of your spirit name can be presented on there. So it's, it's, um, it's not just something worn to, to be flashy. It's, it's worn for a purpose. So I had worn a ribbon shirt that I had at the time and jeans and my moccasins. And, uh, one of the teachers actually didn't say like, he made me feel bad for, for dressing like that. Really? And, uh, that wound you didn't uh, you, you you didn't know, but the slight wound was reopened. Actually, just in the last couple of days, I found this YouTube channel, and it's um, you know our brothers to the south from the Navajo Nation, and they're on YouTube, and uh, they said that this girl just ran into that same issue in 2020, or maybe it was January 2021, um, and it it made it into the news that her teacher. Um, kind of made her feel bad for wearing a ribbon skirt My uh, plus for their formal day and wow. uh like it's it was kind of crazy to see that that's still happening so the you know the administration had uh, stepped in and there was interviews on the news and uh i had kind of missed that that uh, come up on on uh, on the news or facebook or whatever but yeah just kind of um Literally, I think two days ago, I had seen the video that these guys had uh, brought that awareness. The, now they weren't, they weren't, um, um, they weren't r- bringing it up to make the school feel bad or, you know, anything like that. But just to empower that little girl, they they just did their own their own segment on it, and um, yeah, just the response that the community members in her community gave her. And I think she was only in grade six. And, oh, wow. and, uh, yeah, like it's just, that's still happening. And it, you know, not just in a, a Catholic school environment. Mm.
0: And you know what, um, you know, considering how long we've been friends and, you know, back in, in, uh, when we were at that school, we were like best friends. Right. And the fact that like, I'm learning about, Um, how you felt about that like right now as we're recording uh, just really it really almost kind of shakes me to my core that that's sort of like something that you had to go through and considering how close we were that like you know that was something that you kind of like hid deep down like you know very like it's very humbling because you know I remember for cultural day I went in my barong right which is like a traditional Filipino um, uh, formal wear sort of thing Oh, okay. Right. And you know, of course, like I didn't really have I, I didn't really experience anybody saying otherwise. Like personally, I always thought that like, you know, me wearing the barong was like always kind of funny because it's
2: like basically a cellophane shirt, like it's see-through, right? <laughs> um
1: <laughs> I but, think I've
2: seen some pictures or like, you know, just uh in videos or maybe some pictures uh when I would, would go to your house, you know, back in the day when yeah. that was allowed. and also guys keep in mind that like uh
0: back when aaron would come over to my house like he literally couldn't fit in my room because it was like too small small. (laughs) but um yeah man again like uh i just feel so you know i don't want to say ignorant because you know there you you didn't let me know about how you were feeling about that or maybe even perhaps you hadn't even processed Uh, Or maybe you had internalized it, not expressed it it externally about how that affected you.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah, Uh, that's definitely the case. Yeah, that was definitely something that was held in and uh, just kind of rolled with it. That's a life experience that I had to go through. So I encourage encourage, uh, my children to speak up for themselves, express themselves, ask mm -hmm. questions tell us what's wrong, tell a teacher if they're at school, you know, if if they don't feel comfortable, if they don't, if someone's making them feel bad, like that's something that I encourage the, my kids to do because of that experience. Just, you know, that's just one thing, but that it, um, it's stuck with me obviously throughout the years. <laughs> and um, yeah. I didn't expect it to come up so frequently, uh, especially two times in the same week. Mm. Um, But yeah, I definitely have been telling the kids to speak up for themselves and speak their minds, that sort of thing.
0: That's, you know, that's awesome that um, you can kind of impart that to your children. I mean, considering that, like, you know, for example, if what you had experienced back then, if that was happening now, you know, if it was allowed to happen now, it'd be a very different conversation we'd be having. Right. Um, You know, there's so much more. I mean, we're just you know learning we're just getting started here but like cultural awareness is something that's only just recently i feel like uh being really brought forward into the spotlight like that it's changing like the political climate around us but again that just goes to like you know back in high school just that like you said you just rolled with it right and even for me like um nowadays myself like i i I would say I'm a spiritual person, but I don't think there's a particular religion or dogma that I follow. Um, And I like taking bits and pieces from all cultures and religions and sort of like understanding like where the spirituality comes from, um, from all sorts of different religions, because I still think that spirituality and faith is a powerful thing um, and something that is necessary for the human condition. Um, But I, again, when I was in high school, I just, quote unquote, uh, quote unquote, like rolled with it. You know what I mean? I followed yeah. it because I was told to, Um, yeah. you know, I was Roman Catholic because I was baptized when I was little. I w- had confirmation at the school, like my, my, my family followed it. So it was like, that's, how I was born into it. And I didn't really f- have any sort of formative experience towards like what I believed in until my late 20s, you know, like, or maybe even now still coming to terms with it still learning about like what faith is to other people um, and like what the experiences are like you know like following other religions like you know the other day I was just like hmm I might try out Buddhism that sounds like a good like uh, that sounds like a lot of fun well I'm not to but you know it's just again it's it's so interesting that like Again, like back when we're not, back when we're you know just students in that high school, we just rolled with it, you know. Yeah, like very very interesting. Like, and also, I hope that really sort of um, is a reflection of, I suppose, how far we've come today. I hope we've made a bit of progress. I know there's still a lot of work to be done in terms of cultural acceptance and integration you know, uh, today. But I feel like at least comparing the experience to today, like I said, if what happened with Aaron was brought up, like happened to him, like in today's political climate, then that wouldn't be something that could just be easily swept under the rug, I think. And I think that's just, a, I think that's a little bit of progress.
2: Don't don't you think? I think uh, if that happened today, my aunties would have something to say. My, uh, my aunties have very strong, strong voices and very strong, uh individuals and mm. uh yeah they'll they would go to bat not saying that my um uh, my dad and stepmom wouldn't, but my aunties would uh, they would make a stink for sure mm. um for any sort of you know cultural injustice uh like that if they were made aware of it i should say <laughs> well, i mean you know uh
0: I, i'm glad that you have a bunch of like powerful women um backing you up there uh very 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 great thing to have behind you <laughs> <laughs> um so going into your culture and your heritage um how would you say that you've been able to sort of reconnect or at least um you know kind of like reintegrate that back into your life since your experience at the high school.
2: Right. So, um, I guess to go with that, um, like I've always, we, we were always involved in our culture growing mm-hmm. up since I was seven. Um, it's always been there. Like I said, we've all, we'd go for sweats a couple times throughout the year. And then as a teenager and as my dad was finding out more, of the red road then we got into other uh, ceremonies mm-hmm. and then it just kind of was like okay add that to the list of cultural um cultural impact that we got right which will so the major thing that happened with us was um attending sundance um now they first went to uh hillside, I think is what, what it was called. Um, uh, I was still too young to, uh, to really remember or, or, uh, be involved. Um, but then we found our way to Peguis first nation. And, uh, that's kind of where, where we settled. That's what, that's our family that we settled into our cultural spiritual family mm. that we've like, we've been going there since I was probably Nine, ten, I don't know the the elders there. they say they say I was even younger. they say I was about six or seven. Um, so yeah, like it's always been there. Um, and then, as a teenager, um, I had done my first uh, I had participated, oh sorry sorry, sorry sorry, sorry. I'm ahead, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, when we <laughs> when we went to Sundance, we were there as uh, Scabe, which is a helper. Mm-hmm. Or the, the the translation for that one again is one who works humbly. Mm, okay.
1: um,
2: that was the translation that uh that I was sh- shared. Um but the word is skabe or for the for the females is uh skabe kwe. That's another word. Um but uh then yeah, sorry, as a teenager, that's when I had participated in my first Sundance and did my first ceremony there. And then as an adult is when I had the, the dream to, uh, or the vision that I would be Sundancing. Mm. And uh, so I followed that and it's a four year commitment to participate in a Sundance. And um, I did that. My children got to see me. How many times did you guys get to see two years? For oh, three years, did you I come? I remember
3: three, I think.
2: Yeah. So they so they got to see that. I think my first year I went uh, by myself without the fam because they were still little.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but as they got older and you know their tolerance for a two-hour car ride got better, <laughs> um, they got to come. Uh, so then you know my my wife my partner she she brought them out or my sister would bring them out. And they got to see that um, firsthand. Yeah, so it's not just something that I would come home and share with them. They have the, uh, the memory of seeing me doing a particular ceremony. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's been part of our life. Um, and for me, it's been easy to maintain as an adult because part of my, um, part of my job, I worked for corrections for six years Mm -hmm. and it didn't take me very long to find my niche within the, um, within the system. And that was to incorporate culture. Once, um, once I realized where that cultural change, the cultural climate was changing towards acceptance and, uh, rehabilitation, I, Took that and I ran with it and I was really involved with the elders that were there and incorporated culture and ceremony into my daily shifts where the, uh, the resident, residents would know to um, ask to put uh, sweat lo- uh, put a smudge, which is a cleansing ceremony. We could put that on the plan for their day. For the evening or mm. that at lunchtime. So, like, it just, that was my, like I said, that was my niche, that was my thing. So, like, it, I did it at work and I did it at home with my family. Oh, that's awesome. For six years, um, I've had a, a change in occupation and um, doing that hands on ceremony isn't, um, it's not like there's just not enough time in the day. Uh, Mm -hmm. unfortunately to do that with everybody that I work with uh, now, but definitely for those six years, it was day in, day out. Um, I was able to complete my Sundance during that time, that four-year commitment. Yeah. Like it just, it's, it's, it's always been there. It's always been there for me at that age of seven. And it's been with my children since they were born. Um, which is, it's, it's, it's important with that cycle that we, that I I say we first nations people, uh, or even you might hear about cycles in Buddhism. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not a hundred percent sure, but cycles balance, you know, the culture and language was lost for my grandparents. My dad found it at his age. I got it at a young age. And then now with my kids, it's been brought back to to them having the chance to walk the red road from a young age Mm. and they have their spirit names that carry them they have they have the drum songs that uh, that carry them Uh, i think you guys have bundles that have started like uh medicine tobacco
3: um i have a smartphone somewhere and i have a drum
2: right yeah we have to go to owen for the smudge bowls because ours are in different places but owen always knows where a smudge bowl is he's always quick to get that when we're gonna have a a smudge uh can can i get
0: owen and uh chloe to kind of give us their uh what is it called a chosen name or given name or um spirit name i'm sorry i lost what it was
3: Spirit, spirit name, spirit name.
0: Yeah. Okay, so can I can I get Owen and Chloe to share their spirit names? Are you guys comfortable to share?
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Hey guys. I'm Owen, or I am Starman from the Kingfisher Clan.
0: Starman, nice to meet you,
2: <laughs> Starman. Did I get that right?
3: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So then,
2: yeah. So sorry to cut in. He he was saying Bojo. And that's how you could. Uh, oh, sorry to interrupt you yeah. there, man. I'll say it again. Bojo. <laughs> how do you pronounce that
3: one more time? Bojo.
0: Bojo. Am I saying that right?
2: Yeah. Oh, So awesome. the way you, you could think of it is um, like B-O-O-Z-H-O-O. Z-H-O-O. Okay. Bojo. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And that's a shortened version of, sorry, I'm cutting into Chloe. That's a shortened version of the traditional uh, or the the full uh, greeting. Oh, okay. Yeah. But does, um,
0: sorry. I was going to say, does, uh, does Chloe know the full greeting? Do you remember?
3: Yeah.
0: No. No? Okay.
3: Um, it's Nana Bojo.
0: Nana Bojo. Mm-hmm. Which translates to, if you don't mind me asking.
2: Oh so this I, I watched I watched on a video a video on YouTube and um uh, this person was from uh the Great Lakes area but in in the states and he said that was um you would ask somebody Nanabojo because you're looking for, or you're asking them if they were this uh cultural figure Nanabojo mm. um but as Europeans came over and the French came over and the greetings were uh, passed along, it's very similar to the French greeting, which is bonjour. Bonjour. Yeah, that's the first thing right? I thought immediately when I heard it for the first time. And, and a lot of people's minds go to that. Um, actually, somebody was watching. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Somebody was watching one of our YouTube videos with, uh, with subtitles on. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the screenshot was from the beginning where I introduced ourselves. And I, I start our video by saying, "Bonjour," but the translation or the, uh, the captions came up as bonjour. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but, um, uh, Chloe, did you want to introduce yourself? Your yes. spirit name? Okay. Hey, Chloe. Um, I just
3: yeah. bonjour. my name is lightning across the sky. From the
0: Turtle Clan. Oh, it's really nice to meet you. Lightning across the sky from the Turtle Clan. Um, so Owen said he was from the Kingfisher Clan, and I'm hearing that Chloe is from the Turtle Clan, but you guys are from the same family. Um, can you guys elaborate on that?
2: Do you guys remember?
3: Uh, no. Um, no. Because uh boys and girls. You're
2: on the right track, yeah.
3: I kind of remember.
2: Okay.
3: Um... Daughter, like, um, go as the same uh spirit name or clan. clan as their fathers, and daughters go as the same clan as their mothers.
0: Super interesting. Well, thank you for sharing, guys. Really <laughs> appreciate it.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, Miigwech.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Aaron, it really sounds like you've really integrated um, you know, spirituality into your family and your family life. Right. Um, and so, I mean, we've talked about more of the, I suppose, more, um, ceremonial tenets of it, I suppose, if, if I'm using that correctly. Um, but how do you say, like, does, does your spirituality, um, sort of carry into your everyday life and the way
2: that you carry yourself now?
0: And, like, uh, yeah. and your life with the family as well, I should say.
2: <clears throat> yeah, so it's um, it's always like as soon as we're up, you know, there uh, are people, and it's not just our um, uh, teachings,
1: mm-hmm. but
2: we have the seven teachings that um, that you know you want to strive to work. Um, or live by, sorry, live by the seven teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure Owen and Chloe would love to try to count out seven, the seven teachings here. Yeah, you guys went go for it, guys. Uh,
3: the one I mostly remember is Bear, Cur- Bear is Courage. Mm-hmm. Um, Eagle is Love. Yeah. Uh, and then i forget the rest
0: <laughs> uh, Can chloe help him out or
3: hurt <laughs> the turtle teaches the truth
2: mm-hmm.
3: the wolf teaches humbleness
2: uh yeah humility yeah humility oh, right on
3: and the beaver teaches to you to um i forget the word but it's like use what you're given and not uh,
2: Resourcefulness,
3: yeah, kind like
2: that. You'll see wisdom on the posters, or on the, the Beaver teaches wisdom. Mm. uh wisdom. Okay. Um, Bigfoot
3: Sabe teaches um honesty.
0: The, the witch teaches honesty.
3: Sorry. The sabe. I, means- I'm not
0: familiar with the sabe. What's the sabe?
3: It's um, it means Bigfoot in Ojibwe.
0: Oh, okay. So kind of like the, I guess the Sasquatch or the Yeti. I'm getting that right. Yeah.
3: Oh, okay.
1: Uh,
0: for North
2: America. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. For uh, I guess uh, for in the Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Ontario area. Um, but yeah, sabe. That's what we call uh, how the Western language calls uh, Bigfoot. Mm, or, interesting. Sasquatch, but we we respectfully you would say sabe, and you know, First Nations people would know kind of who you're talking about. Oh, interesting. Yeah, was that seven? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. <clears throat> okay, like, so we did the uh,
3: bear. Oh, yeah. oh, um, the buffalo teaches
2: oh. starts with an R. Respectfulness? Respect, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think that was seven. Let's see. So bear, wolf, eagle, sabe, buffalo, beaver, turtle. So those seven teachings, we try to live through or um, live those uh, every day. Mm. Um, They're in our songs. They're in the language. They're in your interactions with people, they're in your thoughts, they're in the way you carry yourself. It's all you can kind of, um, if you, I would like to think that if you looked at me and you looked at the way I carry myself now that you would see that you could see the seven teachings mm. at 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 any point in the day that you would see me following teachings right. or teaching that or being the example of the seven teachings that's kind of what we strive for as Anishinaabe people. Mm. I'm learning
0: so much in this podcast like this is <laughs> this is um, so eye-opening for me considering that like um, you know again like we were so close
2: back in the day but right we've been friends for 15 years yes <laughs> And this is At the least. first
0: real and this is the first real conversation that we're having about like your culture, I think, to be fairly honest with you. Um, correct me if I'm <laughs> wrong, but back in the day, um, I, I, I think you were part of Was it a Polish or Ukrainian like kind of dancing sort of thing back in back then?
2: Yeah. So uh, I'm Anishinaabe. I'm Korean Ojibwe on my father's side and on my mom's side. um we followed uh, lots of Ukrainian heritage Mm. and did Ukrainian dancing. Um, Me and my older sister and my younger sister, uh, we did Ukrainian dancing since about that same age of about seven, eight, nine years old. So from pretty young age, we've been strongly tied to our heritage, to our cultures, our parents' cultures. But like from back in the day, that's the only
0: sort of real cultural um, sort of thing that I can remember you ever talking about, you know, which is so interesting considering like you have such a wisdom about um, what you're like, what you've learned about um, the Anishinaabe and what you're teaching your kids. Like I'm like literally in awe about this because I'm just like learning about another dimension to a longtime friend of mine, you know.
1: (laughs)
2: Well, good. I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad to share. I'm glad to share this information because that's um, that's where society needs to go. Mm. This awareness needs to be uh, needs to be out there. And uh, I I agree, man. And like I'm also really thankful with the
0: fact that like um, I can sort of like capture like this experience for myself authentically <laughs> on the podcast. Like I'm super thankful for it. Like <laughs> I have no idea, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, next thing I want to bring up here was uh, like, you know, we're, we're kind of at today. Actually, uh, you and I have come a long way from our humble beginnings back in high school. Like you've got a full family now and I'm running this podcast sort of thing. But uh, there is one thing and you kind of hinted at it back uh, when we were talking <laughs> about uh, Bojo there. But uh, you have a YouTube channel,
2: right? Yes, so and, that just started this year yeah uh we're a little bit late to the uh to I guess the the covid um home isolation and other youtubers kind of starting out last mm. year I'd imagine, to start yeah I haven't looked at the stats or anything but I can only imagine how many channels were were created in 2020. Um, Oh, yeah. And we're just getting on uh, January of 2021 is when we started. Hey, man, like for the podcast here,
0: I started even later. So, I mean, (laughs) you know, I'm still and, uh, you know, we're both entering incredibly saturated markets. But I would argue that we're like we're not trying to, you know, do what we do in terms of social media and making this sort of multimedia for the fame or for the attention. We're
2: just doing it because we like it, you know. It's Um, so much fun. Like I do, (laughs) we do videos. We were able to do two videos a week um, Mm -hmm. throughout January, February, March. Um, But this year, just, or this month as the weather's nicer, it's just, it's just harder to stay cooped up inside and um, review, review a board game. Um, I was going to say, yeah,
0: you haven't told anybody what your YouTube channel is about.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So our um, our YouTube channel is called Kingfisher Games, and mm. we had to put a number on it because there was another channel already. Um, so we are Kingfisher Games 215. You can uh, – I think if you, if you were to punch in Kingfisher Games, it'll bring us up as the top search because the other two are kind of uh, inactive and they don't have uh, – I think they're still in single digits for their videos, mm. which I've I've looked up because I had to look up look up the name I wanted to use. Right. Um, so yeah, you can look up Kingfisher Games and you'll see us. Um, we're just we're just having fun. We're just living life. We're acting acting out skits. Um, and kind they're kind of tied into the purpose of the of the channel right now is uh, board games and reviews. Um, but like. Uh, you'll see us do like our intros we've covered uh, Lord of the Rings, Mad Max. uh, What are some of the others? Oh, um,
3: Predator.
1: I remember seeing the Predator
2: one. (laughs) What's that? I remember the Predator one. (laughs) Right. Um, But we've also done some of our own original ideas. Um, And that's how it started. Like it was just, it was so much fun thinking Aha, let's do this. Mm. Aha, let's do that. Chloe, you can be a mermaid. Okay, what's our, we need goggles now. And it's just like the idea is just snowballed. Right. And it's, I tried my best that it was a group effort. Uh, um, but I, I had to work, you know, some angles, it's or because I had the, I had, I had the, we're just filming on my uh, phone. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, it, we can do your idea own, but it has to be from this angle, or we'd have to kind of change things. But I think, I think we work really well, bouncing ideas off each other. And um, that's a concept I tried to um, another concept I try to teach the kids from my experience doing improv mm-hmm. and uh, drama in grade 12. Once I once I changed schools, right. um, one of the improv rules is saying yes and in order to move the scene forward and in order to move the story forward whatever idea your partner is giving you you got you have to say yes and because if there's conflict then it's just harder to like the energy just stops the energy just cuts things off whereas if it's just yes and boom next idea next idea and it just keeps those creative juices flowing for all three of us um I can't and, wait to see where Chloe and Owen get to like uh
0: when they get to our age and they have all this like experience and creativity behind them, like backing them up, you know what I mean? It's kind of exciting. Actually, yeah. right before we recorded, <laughs> Chloe and I were having a little conversation about recording uh here at the studio one day. So
2: <laughs> yeah, Chloe wants to be a, a performer. Yeah, I think. Well she's she's great in front of the camera. She's not shy to sing. Um Going back to the bear song when she learned that in grade one or grade two, uh, two,
3: I think.
2: Grade two, like she learned the bear song over a weekend, and like Monday morning, she's like, Can I show this at school? Can I show, can I sing this to my classmates? And uh, I was able to connect with her teacher and asked her, and he's like, Yeah, come in tomorrow if you want. So we were able to bring our drums in. Um, we brought in. I brought in the ribbon skirt. I wore my ribbon shirt to the school. Um, and I, I wear that ribbon shirt to their, uh, well, back in the day, I could wear it to uh, assemblies. Mm-hmm. Again, just it it's a fancy thing. It's a fancy, it's a nice event that we're there to celebrate the children. And I'll wear our family colors. I'll wear the colors of the, of the medicine wheel with pride and like not have to uh walk walk around embarrassed about that mm. and i can go to this to the kids school and sing the bear song for her and her classmates that's awesome uh, man yeah chloe she's a she's a rising star hey, all right Owen, well I'm we're working gonna... on his acting chops yeah <laughs> but he'll get there if you if you look at um oh which one was hacksaw was that risk one of our risk uh games. Mm-hmm. Owen is the he's the action star for that one and yeah. you get you can really see him shining. Um for one of the risk ones.
0: Well I really hope some of my listeners get to check that out as well I'm hoping. Yeah. Um, but I I I will plug your channel in through the description later on. Uh, oh, yeah. you'll everybody will be able to see but yeah Um, but oh yeah sorry uh, back, back to the sorry to interrupt here but like back to the board games <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. yeah so it sounds like a lot of uh the fun of the chat I mean like of course like you know you're you're there as a board game doing board game reviews but a lot of it comes from a lot of the fun of it comes from just as much of the skits as it is actually playing the board games right yeah 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 uh, but uh why why board games like it's very interesting because i feel like the typical average person i think feel i feel like their their board <laughs> game knowledge goes as far as you know scrabble monopoly uh, risk is pretty well known but like you know yeah um i, I myself actually had <laughs> a little bit of a board game obsession when my friends were getting into it and like it would be like every week some of my friends in my friend circle back in the day new board game every week and then it would be it started with like settlers of Catan, and then we went from ticket to ride and then we started going to like you know uh board game cafes like started popping up in the city that sort of stuff you know uh and it's like there's a whole nother world out there other than what you can buy at walmart you know what
2: i mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) hey you know target walmart those big box stores there's some designer board games that are now getting into that market, they're a lot more accessible Mm. um, to your everyday shopper. For Um, sure. Which is great because that can springboard them into the hobby. If they pick something, if they, I think if they pick the right game at Walmart, if they pick the right game off the shelf, they could, they could, that could open up a whole can of worms and a whole new world for them. Um, Um, But as far as I'm concerned, I guess, um, that my, my, uh, when I first got my toes wet for dipping it into board games was, um, when I was in, at corrections, it just kind of happened. Mm. Uh, one of my coworkers, he was big into board games and it was like, do you want to have a game night? And I was like, I don't know what that means. Okay. I have like, at the time I had, a a go board. Some Monopoly, Scrabbles, Yahtzee, Dominoes, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, we kind of fumbled through Go, and it's really hard to learn on your own without, like, a teacher. Right. Um, but uh, he's the one that was like, hey, have you heard of this game Carcassonne? And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Carcassonne was like, I was like, Let, I'm in. Yeah, what is hook. this? What What in the world is this tile laying? How is this game even possible? And, uh, <laughs> it's kind of went from there. Yeah. Uh to ride was one of the other ones. Lords of Waterdeep. Those are probably my first three games that like got me. Wow. This, this is a whole new thing. Yeah. It's a whole other world out there of board games. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Catan and I didn't really get into that until a few years later. <laughs> like that wasn't in our, our game group playing settlers of Catan. You, you know, um, I so love Centers of, of
0: Catan, but I really feel like that's like a
2: friendship destroying game. <laughs> like you, uh, know? <laughs> you know, so I don't have that feeling because I never like that. It just didn't come up. Our our guys wanted to play the hottest, newest stuff, and mm. they had the disposable income. They were it was either single single adult males or they were in a relationship, but no kids. So they had a little bit more disposable income. Um, but then I had the space. <laughs> I had the table space. Okay. So, you <laughs> well, know, there we go. They uh, they'd come here and we'd 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 play games till one or two in the morning. Like it would just be. Yep. Once we I, got the kids to bed around eight or nine, and then it was just boom, go go go. Yep. Um, <laughs> or playing games with when Chloe was just little, and I could take my like hold my cards and have her sleeping on my chest. You know, like we did been... <laughs> It was, uh, you know, she didn't know it at the time, but she's been in board games for a while. Yeah, it's in, it's in your <laughs> um, blood now, Chloe. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, just as as the years went on of our own board game group, it was like, I want my own copy of this. I want to be able to play this at home on my own. And so, yeah, like that's just what we did. I'm pretty sure Lords of Waterdeep was one of the first games that we ordered. And we had that delivered um, for my wife's birthday. Mm -hmm. and yeah just kind of just flourished from there um and the reason that we have 215 as our um the numbers on our youtube channel Mm -hmm. because i'm pretty sure that's how many games we had at the time we created the um channel we had 215 games wow Um,
0: that's all (laughs) okay so uh one of the things i was thinking about before recording was like okay how do i make it how do I ask a question to Aaron that's going to be able to get him to, like, say what's attractive to the uninitiated, uh, person to board games, right? Mm. Like, what's in what makes a good board game? Because you, you've been to two hundred fifteen of them. You must have some favorites. <laughs> so, um, what, uh, from some of your most favorite board games, what elements of those board games make it appealing to you that would make you recommend them to other people
2: uh well i think first off it's got, it has to visually look interesting on the table mm-hmm. um so last night um last night when you and i were uh, texting each other uh, i was just setting up a game and it was reef and the the reason i picked that one was because we had somebody over and she was like oh i'm getting tired i'm like i'm gonna have to leave
0: oh and you also uh, have
2: that you also have a video on reef don't you yes yes um so the reason i picked that was because it was visually stimulating and she was like okay well Mm. that's the only way i'm I'm gonna get through a game and (laughs) you know reef it pops it's got it's got the colors it's got the shapes it's got 3d um really looks cool on the table um you know lords of waterdeep it's a little bit a darker color scheme and like grays and blacks but a purple cube a white cube orange cube those pop out on the table still
0: so visuals um what about um what about the actual board game itself because like i i've definitely like what was another big one uh pandemic oh geez gosh that's kind of relevant <laughs> to right now <laughs> right yeah i i I don't like talking
2: about that game right now. <laughs> oh, um, no, that's, um, Whoops. we have, oh, we no. have that game. We have pandemic. Um, I, the thing that, that I really attracted me was the puzzle of mm. trying to figure out what's the best possible way to score points. Right. or Right. What's the best possible way to get more turns, or, you know, just how can I edge out my opponent's, Uh, with this move right and so a lot of games um a lot of them have that a lot of them are misses for me like i don't know um something like a game that i don't like that a lot of people do is dead of winter okay um that game just it just didn't um just didn't interest me yeah it just doesn't uh sometimes it's like I, i mean for
0: example like uh i am attracted to uh, the games that kind of like pit you against, um, you know, the entire game. You you fight against the game, like you fight against the um, the role of the game. Like for example, Pandemic. You're trying to beat the pandemic. Like you work as a team, kind of thing, right? Um, and uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of the game Hanabi.
2: Like it's a card game. I've heard of it, but I've never played it. I haven't yeah. even. I don't even think I've seen a review. Just it just come up comes up on on the lists right and and i mean obviously to the
0: listeners it's it's very difficult to sort of like you know like without describing an entire game and game premise (laughs) you know uh it's very difficult to try to kind of translate to it the appeal of some of these games especially since you know you're you're just listening to us talking about it but yeah i'm again just i'm attracted to the games where you're working as a team to beat the game rather than beat each other you know
2: yeah Well, well even um I think pandemic might've been the first, uh, Oh no, sorry. uh, Shadows over Camelot was the first cooperative game that I played. Mm. And now like nowadays I'm more educated and it's, it's semi co-op or it's cooperative with the possible trader. But at the time I was just like, okay, so we we are working together to beat the game. We all need to work together to get our cards on the table in a certain order or certain numbers or certain value. And uh, I was like, that blew my mind right there is <laughs> the whole cooperative aspect to a board game. Right. And then pandemic came along and just other, a whole bunch of other games. Yeah. Um, forbidden desert was a big one for us. Right. Um, and that whole forbidden series, which we've done reviews on, but yeah, cooperative games was really great. They've been a great um, twist. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the game we just played last night reef. It was like, it's just kind of you in the game. Even though there's other players, there's not a whole lot of player interaction. Right. And it was just like, how can I get the best possible points for me with the cards that I have or the cards available? Right. And right. just that, just uh, getting your brain working and like, I didn't, I like the puzzle of that.
0: Right. And, and of course, versus like, let's say video games, right? For example, like, you know, there is that, you know, interactivity between you and the people you're playing with that video games can't quite offer anymore because you know so much of video gaming is more online and you're playing you know um, just with a microphone on with your friends maybe I don't know it's it's different the experience is different like there's more of an intimate field board games I would say
2: that oh yeah it's it's way nicer I think having somebody sitting at your table and enjoying a laugh or creating stories creating memories Um, one game that um, that kicked a that's kind of kick started a lot of our inside jokes at gaming was Love Letter. Love I don't Letter. Know if you're oh familiar. I've heard of that one. Um, but it it's just a simple act of reading your card and playing playing your card based on what's written on it. And for Wait. the life of me, I could not do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually I would...
2: sorry?
0: I was going to say that's another uh, interesting niche in the board game, like in the types of board games where you do a lot of role playing. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm not talking like Dungeons and Dragons role playing. I mean, like, you know, you're like, like, for example, if you've ever played Quelph or like even Jackbox TV, there's a lot of, oh, uh, uh, sorry, Jackbox is a terrible example. Um, but yeah, something like Quelth where you, you got to act out stuff to like and or play a character as part of the game. Like I always find that's a that's a it's always an interesting element because it really depends on the people you're with at that point you know, to make it more fun.
2: Yeah. That, that Loveler, I would want to play a card and, uh, or sorry, I, I would want to do an ability. So mm. I'd flip my card over and say, okay, I want to do this and switch the cards. And my wife would always be like, well, what does your card say? And it would say, well, if I have the highest number, then I can do this. And she's like, well, then you can't switch cards. And I'd be like, but I want to, and she's like, you can't do that. And it's just, just this little back and forth. And <laughs> we played love letter over numerous
1: um,
2: game nights and every match I, I couldn't win. I don't think I had a single token from that because I, I would want to just like, I would just spit out an ability I wanted to use and flip my card over. And they're like, <laughs> you can't do that. And uh, it just, just stuff like that. Yeah. That, yeah. that sticks with you. Um, yeah. Why um, kind of South park touched on that with one of their, uh, ipod um no uh itunes when it's like why won't he read i went through that whole i was i was uh that character why won't he read (laughs) um yeah
0: so one thing that you actually approached me with um a while ago was the fact that um you know like you know you're a board game enthusiast and you're also a board game reviewer on YouTube. Uh, but you actually approached me with the idea of making your own board game. Yes. And yeah. you wanted to relate it to uh, your heritage, actually. Um, did you want to talk a little bit about that?
2: Sure. So it'll be uh, the, the basic concept is it's a card drafting game similar mm. to Seven Wonders or Sushi Go. Mm. Um, I can't think of another card drafting game off the top of my head, but it'd be that same, just that simple mechanic of pick a card, pass it on, pick a card, pass it on. Right. Which I guess is also in magic, which you've mentioned in your intro to the podcast series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that's part of magic, which I've only delved in and played maybe two games in my whole life. But um, the card game would be with a twist and uh, it'd be that with, with the cultural component to it. Mm -hmm. so uh yeah i i have the basic um prototype um written out and the rules and the explanation and the card values um i'm just stuck at the artwork phase and i've done up a couple uh rough sketches and i don't even know which binder they're in which notebook i have them written in but i've had i've had some i think i've colored in a couple of them but um yeah, I'm really stuck at the artwork phase, and then uh just getting it developed, I guess, yeah, it's, um, it's harder
0: to find an artist than I thought, like as I was trying to kind of help you out with that there
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I um, I tried to reach out to some winnipeg based uh game board game developers. They just had this game come out on Kickstarter oh, and yeah. it had to do with climate change or. Uh, something like that and I can't remember if that's the name of the game but I, I was wasn't actually able to find them uh-huh. I could not find them on Facebook or social media I contacted the game store that um, kind of promoted them hmm. uh, but they couldn't give me any other contact information so I was just kind of like uh, you know the light bulb came on and then it just got extinguished just <laughs> in the same moment <laughs> once uh well you know if i
0: if i can track them down uh and i can confirm this with you i'll plug them in the description there like if i can find them if you couldn't then maybe i can't but we'll see
2: oh yeah okay yeah just because it it, like you know i'm i want to make it uh you know canadian made or Mm. you know that have that uh authenticity of um having a first nations artist involved. Mm. Um, but yeah, just kind of making, keeping it, keeping it Canadian, keeping it, um, what was the term, um, local, but, um, inspired, uh, inspired native instead of native inspired. Ah, oh, uh, uh, okay. I see. Right, well, uh, well if, if I have,
0: if I have any um, listeners out there that can uh, help uh, my buddy Aaron here out, uh, it'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, I mean, any listeners here at the time of the recording of this podcast, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, and of course, like, well, you know, you'll be able to find Aaron and his socials later on. I'll plug that in the description. But yeah, hopefully this is a little bit of a, ho- hopefully this can be also a little bit of a casting call out there for anybody listening.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, um, I don't know, hope, I'm hoping this podcast shows me as uh, approachable and down-to-earth, but yeah, when I tried to reach out to those uh, other Winnipeg-based um, designers, and I just couldn't couldn't get through, so that was a little disappointing.
0: Well, you know, y- you never know, and uh, if there's anything that I've been learning lately is that, um, you know, as much as you might have great ideas about things, um, and you might have something you want to put into motion right away, sometimes... It doesn't work out at the time you want it. And sometimes like literally the universe grants you the things you need at the time you need it. Like, so for example, like with a podcast, like, you know, podcasting was something that I, I wanted to do quite some time ago, uh, but it never materialized into anything. And then a whole bunch of things happened in 2021. And then one week I was like, you know what? I have everything I need to make a podcast going uh, to make a podcast work. And here we are recording episode two, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah. So it's it just that that's how I I believe in that I believe in that you put the energy out there and the universe will answer you. A hundred percent, I I think
0: that too, and I think that's what brought us back here together. I mean, like really, it's been, gosh, I, I'd say almost ten years, right? That we hadn't spoken all too much, um, and here we are re- reconnecting in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, and and now we're recording like <laughs> Tolly and Smalley reunited.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah back together uh, you've helped actually connect with a lot of our other uh former classmates that uh i never uh didn't think i'd kind of see them again or talk to them again other than i don't even know when but uh yeah you've actually helped a lot um and then you know we, we were talking uh earlier this week about somebody that's living in saskatchewan that you were like what you talk to her still and <laughs> yep, how you felt to me, that's how I felt towards you. And you said, Oh yeah, I talked with ABC and D yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. just like, Holy smokes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess whether we're, whether or not
0: we're in each other's lives at the moment, you know, like we're all still connected and I, I'm finding that out about people, you know, people come and go and they come back
2: and um, boy, am I ever grateful when they come back, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, Chloe's, um, She's only in grade three now, Mm -hmm. but she's kind of going through that, uh, or she had to go through that for grade at the end of grade one Uh or going into grade two. One of her good friends, uh, moved, uh, provinces. Oh yeah. So her friend, her friend's dad, uh, is in the military. And, uh, so he got redeployed to Quebec Uh and, uh, you know, in that lifestyle, you go, you go where they tell you to, um, but, uh, just when we were told that, um, this friend was leaving, my wife and I went to a local cafe for lunch and Chloe's friends, parents were sitting right beside us. So we kind of like oh. scooched our tables together and like had lunch together. Oh, um, Whoa, yeah. Wow. And then that's how, that's how I kind of know the story, like that they were, that the dad was in the military. Um, but they were really thankful to have the, um, have the chance to live in one community for so long, because, mm-hmm. you know, in grade one, your kids are about seven, uh, six or seven, and for their daughter to live in the same community for that long with the dad in the military, they were just thankful that that she got to make the connections that she did. Um, and, you know, we're happy that Chloe made a friend with her, but then the fallout of that with uh, this friend moving two provinces away and two time zones away and just having that, um, that disconnect. And mm-hmm. we're hoping that, you know, down the, down the road, they might find each other on Facebook or however their life journeys take them. Um, I can't remember if we have, the, if we got their mom's contact information or not, but, um, yeah, Chloe's got to deal with that or she's learning to go through that. Um, uh, at such a young age
0: that's uh that's super interesting actually well i'm i'm hoping that like you know for chloe out there that she gets to reconnect with her friend uh someday somewhere somehow i'm sure she will i mean we do live in one of the most connected eras in history at the moment so you know maybe it's not maybe it won't be so difficult uh as difficult as we think but you know maybe give it a couple more years (laughs) someday
4: someday
2: <laughs> uh, that's from Chloe's one of her favorite movies. What, <clears> so what one was that?
3: Jinx, <laughs>
2: <sighs> she just jinxed you, dude.
0: Well, I, I need your dad to speak for the rest of the podcast here, so
3: <laughs> okay, Aaron.
2: Thank you. I couldn't <laughs> tell you, you had to say my name. I was here, like my lips were sealed. You said, dude, you said your dad. I needed you to say Aaron. That's how you break break the jinx.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry,
2: dude. Oh my I, I, I thought only the person who jinxed you could break it. Oh, is that a thing? Or yeah. Could anybody? I don't know. I, well, let's not. I think let's it's not.
3: Anybody? Oh, I
2: okay. Yeah, well, but what... I
3: can't remember.
2: But Chloe took pity on me when you said I need your dad to talk. So she's like, "Okay, yeah, Aaron." In
3: the, right
2: in the middle of recording, too. What the heck, man? <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, Aaron, uh we're going to wrap things up here actually. Um so a couple things, like uh did you want to tell people about where they can find you on social media, you and your channel?
2: Sure. So we're uh we are on Instagram uh Kingfisher Games 215. Our YouTube channel Kingfisher Games 215. Um uh, that's where we're at. You might see us in uh twitch chats uh for other board game uh content creators or or um uh, you know any uh live videos on youtube you might see our name in there because mm. I, I try to get our name out there try to be uh try to interact with other content creators um when i can when my schedule allows for me to to watch twitch or uh, live videos um but yeah, we, right. uh, or you can email us kingfishergames215 at gmail.com.
0: All right. Well, uh, hopefully uh, for anybody listening, they can check you out. And if you guys are board game enthusiasts or looking to get into board games, then you guys know where to look and who to talk to now. Um, again, man, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insight, your wisdom, your wisdom. Like I learned way more about uh, your spirituality and about spirituality in general, uh, just from this short, well, actually not that short, <laughs> uh, just from this conversation. And I really appreciate you coming on and, um, you know, sharing your experiences with you and your family. And also special shout out to Chloe and Owen for coming onto the podcast and assisting their dad and for sharing a little bit of uh, themselves as well.
3: <laughs> Thank you for having us here. It was really fun.
0: All right, man. You're welcome. Hey.
3: Um, um, thanks for having us. Um, and I'm really excited to um, go over and record sometime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'll be excited to have you over one day there, Chloe. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Okay. So, uh, yeah,
2: Aaron, uh, any last words for our listeners? Uh, I want to say a Thank you for listening. Um, and a a traditional, um, phrase that that you say to somebody when you're done, uh, talking to them or interacting with them is Gigawabamin minawa. And so that translates to, um, later i'll see you again or i'll see you again later whether in person or over the phone or in life um yeah all right uh,
1: yeah
0: well thank you very much uh i would try to you know say that back to you but i'm pretty sure i would absolutely slaughter it so in respect (laughs) of that i'm not going to But, um, yeah, thanks again, uh, everyone, for tuning in and listening to this episode of the Before Zero podcast. Uh, This is your host, Danilo Alarde and Aaron Pierre signing off for the day. And Aaron and Chloe and Owen are going to take us into the outro with the last two push-ups of their their drum song. All right, take it away, guys. awesome thank you very much guys